Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Let me go ahead and get this turned down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy A Double, and you're now tuned into episode what is this, 97 or 98 of Do Rags and Bow Shoes? Let me do some checking here. Y'all know I ain't ever prepared when it comes to my uh, my shows. Let's see here. Give me just a damn second here. Ah, Jesus, Jesus, 98. We're on episode 98, wow, of Do-Rags and Boat Shoes. So we creeping up on a C-note there. We are creeping up. Uh, first things first, shout out to all of you guys, the listeners. Uh, much love and respect to you guys. And thank you for, uh, you know, always sharing episodes, um, you know, telling people to go back and listen. Because I average, I average about between uh, four and 700 plays a month. Uh, that's what I average um, when it comes to do rags and boat shoes. And a lot of times it's not the latest episodes. People go back and try to catch up. So I'll see on my statistics a lot of times, uh, like when I'm looking at pod track and things like that, uh, I'll see people go back and listen to like episode one and then they slowly catching up all the way up to, I guess, 98. So shout out to y'all. Uh, thank you for that. But uh, I'm very humbled by the uh, the number of plays that I am getting now. Uh, people are catching up on episodes. Uh, some episodes are doing better than others. But I am just grateful that y'all are out there listening and sharing these episodes. So please continue to do so because uh, somebody out there needs to hear this. Uh, first things first, we're going to get started on that good old Summer Jam screen. I want to uh, send my energy, positive energy, my love to all these people out in St. Louis that's protesting right at this moment as I'm recording on Tuesday night. Uh, I just saw a live stream. These people all about to get arrested. These cops got their pepper spray out. They're getting ready to, you know, shoot these folks in the face. Um, it's a damn shame. We still out in these streets marching and protesting for fucking justice. It is a sad, sad thing. So uh, my thoughts are with you. Uh, you know, I pray that none of you guys get hurt or murdered uh, by anybody out there uh, posing as a cop. Um, you know, I just want y'all to be safe, but continue to keep fighting a good fight. Uh, we're all doing our part in this and we just have to keep grinding. There's no short term solution to this. It's a it's a day by day thing to um, destroy this system of injustice that uh, people of color face, mainly black folks who's catching hell out in these streets. Um, so I guess let's go ahead and um, start on that good old summer jam screen where we already started. I started talking about St. Louis. I'm sorry about that. I'm slipping. I'm tripping. I'm fouling. I can't get up. Uh, let's talk about uh, Stephen Paddock, the uh, domestic terrorist um, who killed, I believe the total was 59 people and then uh, over five, close to 500 people injured uh, due to this terrorist actions. 
um, it's, it's time for us to stop with this whole uh, lone wolf theory. Um, you know, we know that he possibly acted alone, but this man was radicalized somehow, some way. Could have been through watching uh, the mainstream media and just watching a particular channel. Looking at you, Fox, faux news. Um, but who knows what, what was going through this man's head. I seen an interview with his brother on cbs today and he was just all over the place crazy as cat shit and their father was uh on the fbi's top 10 most wanted list uh, i think for robbing a bank or something of that extent um but this is just for those who've been sleeping up under a rock uh this man just opened fired on a country music uh concert in las vegas from his hotel room with a modified uh weapon uh semi-automatic i think he modified it to be automatic just from the the uh, shots fired uh people of all colors was catching hell i looked at the daily mail and they had some pictures of uh different uh folks who were murdered and there was some there was uh, some brothers out there who got killed, uh, some women of color, some white folks, mainly white folks who got killed because it was a country music festival or a concert or whatever for Jason Aldean. I believe that's the artist's name. And nobody knows why this man just opened fire. From my understanding and from numerous reports, this man was a millionaire or he had a bunch of fucking money and he would just be blowing it in Vegas and he's uh, wired like a hundred grand over to his uh, Asian girlfriend and but nobody knows anything like i like that weird incoherent rant from his brother doing an interview nobody knows why he did this there is no motives whatsoever but this whole it, it was it was an act of terror that's what it was an act of terror and i know you label a uh, terrorist because they'll have they'll do some kind of heinous act with the political ties behind it or something like that but it invoked terror so this man is a terrorist um but we need to stop with this whole lone wolf theory and this is why it's so important for black folks and other people of color to start you know blogging podcasting starting up their own websites news sources and things of that uh sense of that sorts uh to control the the narrative and to actually call it like it is to tell the damn truth you know um i seen something very troubling that was uh that made its way across social media during this shooting and do th this is how sick some of these bigots are out here who are trying to push their own agenda so faux news uh tweeted out uh, a video or something with a caption or maybe it was a person who grabbed a video off their tv of somebody being interviewed and it was on fox news faux news and this motherfucker said while everyone is taking a knee these people were standing up and running towards danger do you know how sick in the fucking head that you have to be to use an event like this to try to shit on injustices that black folks are suffering in america constantly daily hourly so with this situation a lot of times when we have a national tragedy uh white bigots love to spill out this rhetoric oh, this is what real uh, oppression looks like or this is what terrorism looks like and uh things of that sort when you have a situation like this or any kind of big tragedy where white folks get killed then white folks come out the woodworks you know come out trolling talking about you know people are kneeling because they got beat up by cops but this you know 59 people died in las vegas yeah at the hand of a 
another white man nobody's talking about white on white crime in these instances nobody talks about white on white crime in these uh, in these 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 attacks these mass shootings nobody talks about that because it sounds fucking stupid coming out my mouth white on white crime right sounds fucking stupid just like asian on asian crime uh latin on latin crime or i should say uh latin x on latin x crime because some of y'all don't want to be identified as latino or latina y'all transgendered and all this other shit but it's very disgusting you have to be sick in the fucking head to just you just through osmosis you you just got white supremacy down to a science down even biologically just for you to say that you know it it it, it's past being a religion it's just a way of life it's a creed it's uh the law of the land you really can't say it's a religion right now because you know so many people practice a religion but this is just a fucking way of life like you had the audacity to say that while people are taking the knee others were standing up and running towards danger or something to that extent that is fucking disgusting and then so this brings up the uh the issue of people trying to spin this story uh, I seen where uh, when the shooting first happened, I woke up uh, what was it yesterday morning it happened. Um, I just woke up and I seen it. I, you know, I'm up by about 6:15 in the morning getting ready for the plantation, the first plantation. Uh, you know, this is the second one. But uh, and I just had all these alerts on my phone, you know, from news sources and shit like that. And then I was like, well, let me see. Uh, what some of these conservatives are saying and and so many of them they, they wanted it so bad to be a muslim they wanted it so bad to be some kind of person from a foreign middle eastern country or something to that extent they were just out flat out just lying just saying that it was isis they were trying to say even when the picture came out of stephen paddock they said he was probably radicalized by isis or ice or whatever the hell you want to call them and it's just amazing to me to see these people just spin it just you know just try to spin it and, it and there's no way that they're taking blame for it like if it was a black person doing this you have black folks coming out the woodwork apologizing or distancing themselves from uh the killer or whoever it was so it's just amazing to try to try to see this bullshit just going on then you got on the flip side you got the liberals wanting to push uh gun control and things of that sort and i do agree that there does need to be a more extensive uh background check or mental health evaluation or some some sort of exam that you need to pass to get a gun it, it really does um, but you never know what somebody is going to do with a gun. You just don't know. Even after doing some kind of mental health exam or something to that extent, uh, you, you just don't know. You really, truly do not know because people can just snap at any fucking moment. But if legislation was to pass about guns and things of that sort, and, you know, conservatives on one end talking about, you know, you pride my my gun out of my cold dead hands and all this other shit and uh michael moore broke down the real reason that these folks wanted guns and mainly conservatives want guns white conservatives is because their fear of the darker skinned peoples of america they fear that justice for darker skinned folks looks like revenge because that's all that most of these white bigots know justice to a bigot 
looks like revenge. That's all that it looks like. Right. And so then you got on the left, you got the liberals, you know, saying that, you know, some people can keep their guns, but, you know, get rid of like the AR-15s and these modifiers and the suppressors, which is a silencer and uh, things of that sort, which is, you know, understandable. It is. But you know what happens a lot of times when they have these gun drives and, you know, turning your weapons and shit like that. They only come to the poor parts of town and mainly the hood or black areas. So if there was some kind of legislation to get rid of AR-15s or turn them in and shit like that, they're going to be at the heart of the hood or a black area, you know, scooping folks up. You know, oh, you still got an AR-15, you didn't turn it in when it was such and such. You know, they're going to come for the darker folks first. And then they might trickle out, you know, to where white folks or suburbia, you know, where more well-to-do folks are. And the only reason they'll find a gun like that is because some husband then flipped out and choked out his wife and shot his two kids in the face and then took his own life. Then they was like, oh, he had an AR-15. And then the neighbor's like, I don't know how it got there. You know, and shit like that when you done seen Ralph on his fucking balcony cleaning that bitch every fucking morning at 5 a.m., you know. But this is just one of those things where we need to start having an honest conversation about we're seeing articles come out about how white men are the biggest threat to American society since 9-11. Like since 9-11, white folks have white men and more particular has been has been the leaders of mass shootings it's not some black thug in chicago no matter what they say and that's that's another talking point that a lot of these bigots like to use is well what about chicago and all this other shit and i think what was it sarah huckabee um the press secretary or whatever she was trying to deflect to chicago when talking about this incident which is very disgusting uh, i might got her name wrong but um yeah, like I was saying, that's another talking point. And then I got off track for just a second. But yeah, we need to, I'm sorry, we need to start, you know, actually seeing what we can actually do. And America needs to actually be held accountable. So, so for so many, so since the fucking birth of this nation, you know, white men have been the standard, you know, of what it means to be an American. But the, the terror that's going on right now at the hands of these white men is it's it's becoming too much we really need to have an open and honest conversation about the terrorism that a lot of these white men produce so you look at uh remember back in the late 80s early 90s we had that phrase of going postal remember that you had post workers just going the fuck off and killing folks um you had uh what was that guy's name thomas uh michael vane McIlvain up there in michigan he killed like three of his co-workers and wounded six after being uh fired from his local post office and uh, uh that phrase uh, uh going postal actually started with uh patrick sherrill back in uh 86 back up uh down in edmond oklahoma and he this was another letter carrier you know for about a year and a half and he kept getting complaints and he got fed up and he came in one morning and killed 14 co-workers and wounded six of them so you got that Patrick Sherrill guy, Thomas McIlvain, and then you had, uh, you know, you had the, the the major incident. I don't know if y'all remember this back in 2003, uh, that guy Doug Williams at the uh, at that uh, 
what what is it what is it called lockheed martin that's the defense contractor uh and this was he was a straight out bigot he killed six black folks and left eight wounded and you know they tried to paint it as another lone wolf scenario but this man he was just a flat out bigot you know many of his co-worker workers they witnessed him spewing death threats to black co-workers about a year and a half before the shooting and nothing was done about it nothing was done at fucking all and i'm gonna tell y'all something as a kid i was watching phil donahue and uh, this this shows my age <laughs> and he was talking about going postal and they had tips and shit on uh, what to do in the workplace and i never forgot this as a child and i still do it no matter what job i'm working at uh i keep my keys on me my car keys and my house keys on me at all times so if a co-worker come in there letting off rounds you can leave hop in your whip and go immediately and they said you know not to hide under a table or hide somewhere because a lot of times these people go around searching and things like that because they're they know who they want to target and so i've always always when i got my very first corporate job you know uh working in mainstream america i always kept my keys on me and to this day i still fucking do it you know in my department at my job uh, there's only six of us you know working but it's like four of us working at a time and two guys working overnights but there's still a bunch of other guys who run the small routes we got a whole bunch of sales folks up front and i just don't know you know i just don't know even though i'm i'm at my warehouse for only a couple hours out the day you know loading up and getting ready on my route i still don't know what the fuck is going to happen so i always no matter what keep my my keys on me my house keys and my truck keys on me you know because i'm getting the fuck out of there and i'm skating off you know i ain't being no hero to nobody that's not in my family i'm gonna tell you that right now um but anyways uh let's see you also had the situations with uh terry nichols and uh timothy mcveigh with the oklahoma city bombing you know killing 168 people we started to have a discussion you know in the mid 90s or early 90s when that happened uh about radical christians and neo-nazis and white nationalists like we're starting to have right now but too bad with we have a white nationalist in the white house um and then you had the situation with the unabomber you know this crazy motherfucker was just sending bombs in the mail and shit like that and writing manifestos and all this other weird shit and teasing the uh the the fbi that they couldn't get him and then uh, you know uh before that you had the uh the dylan roof you know going into that uh church and killing nine black folks it's we have to start having an honest conversation and we have to be weary of white men in public spaces we really do we have to treat white men in public spaces like white women treat black males and black women in public spaces we really do we have to be on alert at all times and this is even for the non-racist white folks you have to be on alert and you have to know the signs of what the fuck you are looking for you know because this is some scary shit just to see a guy unloading rounds from his hotel room straight down into a crowd of people not giving two fucks just letting the chopper fly it is a disgusting thing and you also you have to be weary in uh tragic events like this 
about uh, you know fake news sources and things like that and conspiracy theorists um, it, it's easy to throw out a conspiracy theory because it it, it it helps you to uh, not deal with the, the truth that's what it does when you deal with a conspiracy theory uh, people are talking about well it, it had to be more than one shooter uh, this man had over nine he had what 19 firearms in his room this man knew what exactly what he was doing he stayed at a local um he lived practically lived at a local uh gun shop and so it's i guess it's easier for people to process and to not deal with the actual factual shit that's happening to throw out a smoke screen and shit like that people are saying that this was a a plant to uh cause a civil war race war between the races and shit like that and to uh you know have anti-gun legislation or pro-gun legislation and all this other bullshit and it's just like no this is just some crazy ass dude who just opened fire on a crowd we don't know his motives yet you know but it's time to really start facing the demon that's out there and we have to really start having a national conversation about these these weird old white dudes out here just just being terrorists that's it we really have to have a conversation about that and i'm not going to deal with somebody you know who's going to keep throwing out what about black on black crime you know i see some black folks talking about that i see uh well, i should say some coons talking about that you know y'all so worried about las vegas but what about chicago what are you doing about chicago i asked my conservatives that what are you doing about chicago if you're bleeding the red, white, and blue, shouldn't you want all of America, you know, to be safe and to not be out here gunning down each other and shit like that? Where's your humanity at, you know? But right now, at this moment in time, America really needs to deal with the white male terrorist problem. That's all I really got to say about that. And then, I guess moving on, what the fuck is going on with y'all president? And his response to Puerto Rico, which is part of the United States of America. What the fuck? I'm, I'm seeing uh, uh, articles come out about, you know, Puerto Ricans that supported Trump. And now they're like, where is he at? And shit like that. Well, that's what the fuck you get. I, I, I don't understand how this is how you know white supremacy is global, right? You have, uh, even though this is a U.S. territory, but you have people from, you know, different parts of the country and even the globe, you know, who are who consider themselves, you know, a nationality or, or an ethnicity and not a race. You know, but they come over here, they identify as white on their uh, driver's license and they want to be they think that they're white. Right. Because whiteness just keeps re redefining itself over and over. You know, first it was just, uh, you know, white Englishmen. You know, they used to shit on the Irish, the Jews. And um, who else? Who else caught the hell? Um, who else are they con that wasn't considered? Um, so Italians used to catch hell. But now you see now in today's age, whiteness always morphs so it can be the majority. Right. So you have these groups like Puerto Ricans, you have Dominicans who do this, um, you have red dot Indians, you know, over in India, be two shades darker than me, but put white on their driver's license. And, you know, they they be the most flag wearing this, you know, waving 
SOBs when they come over here. And then when they get that awakening, like when black folks are catching hell, all other groups are just fine. They go on about their goddamn business. But now that we have an administration that's like, yo, if you ain't white, you're I don't give two fucks about you. Right. And so now everybody wants to come together and be one fucking group. And I just I just it's hard for me to rock with that, even though I'm, I'm a very humane person. But it's just so many times that you just see shit and you're just like, OK, what the fuck is going on? Like when the when we had the uh, volcanic eruption of Black Lives Matter, when it just kind of exploded and became everywhere, you had a lot of these groups trying to be the might, the model minority like Asians, you know, trying to be that model minority. I'm a good house nigga. You know, I ain't like them niggas in the field. You know, you ain't got to worry about me, boss. And then you trying to then they're trying to play overseer and shit like that. So you've seen that a lot with Puerto Rico. And that's how you know that white supremacy is global, because, you know, a lot of them will come over here and fall right in line. You know, knowing that the high the social hierarchy goes from lightest to darkest with black folks being on the bottom. And, uh. You know, and as some of our African brothers and sisters come over here, you know, with their nose in the air too, you know, kind of shitting on, uh, shitting on American blacks, you know, black Americans, because they didn't have the same relationship with America that black Americans do have. You know, they haven't been, you know, miseducated, you know, treated like shit and, you know, and pop culture and all kind of media, you know, shown as the lesser and uh you know a lot of them come over with that bootstrap logic so i see y'all too you know but just seeing trump's reaction to the people of puerto rico and this this is part of the united states just him tweeting about they want everything done for them that was him essentially saying them are some lazy ass mexicans that was him saying them some lazy ass brown people that was what he was getting at and then he shits on the mayor of uh who is she's from san juan i i don't i can't remember he was shitting on her talking about the democrats told her to be nasty to him and all this other shit when she was pleading for help this woman is walking around in sewage water you know with a bullhorn you know trying to get people in order and you know trying to do do what she can and what's sad is celebrities sent planes down there before the U.S. government did. And so Trump gets down there and he's talking about how it fucked up the budget by them having a hurricane like they planned it. Like the people of Puerto Rico was like, you know what we need? We need just a tornado with some water over our island. And then we need, need the island to flood. That's what we need. That'll show Donald J. Trump. This motherfucker is dumb as just dumb as a fucking rock. And so, but even before that, did y'all see at one of his golf courses, he donated, he, uh, not donated, but he, um, put, uh, he had a trophy and then he wanted to celebrate that in honor of the victims, you know, down there in Puerto Rico, which is goofy goofy as shit this man had a trophy up and wanted to tell folks at his golf at the golf course or i don't know if it was at his own golf course that you know this trophy is for them 
Are you going to help scoop up the sewage with that trophy? I think not. So let's fast forward. We get down there, and and he's he's at this long table with them little cheap dollar paper towels. I saw him, and people are you know taking pictures, and they're just happy to see him. They got their hands out. This man was shooting hoops through the hands and the arms of these hurricane victims like he was at dave and busters trying to get some tickets and trying to get some glow in the dark eyeglasses like he was literally shooting buckets with the paper towels to the crowd like you get a paper towel you get a paper towel my g what the fuck are you doing people have lost everything and you up here just shooting paper towels at these brown folks this this is this is like it's just what a time to be alive this is like future and drake's album what a time to be alive to witness this firsthand and i love that we have social media because everybody's connected nothing is hidden and you just there's so many pictures so many videos so many different angles of this man just shooting paper towels at the folks in puerto rico this is sad it's sad and you know i really don't know what else to say but um i am just amazed and i'm going to leave it to my man hove hove what you got to say don't be the next get tested on that summer jam screen i smoke rocks i smoke rocks all right, so moving on to selling hope like dope. Uh, have to give it to the NFL. Uh, we were all kumbaya and like, oh, shout out to the NFL. So much love and respect to them for kneeling and all this other shit. They, they only did that to defy Trump. We know that. Deep down, we knew that. Uh, nobody is really out here trying to fight this fight uh, with uh, people of color, mainly black folks. Uh, and I say that to say this. Uh, today, the Tennessee Titans uh, quarterback, uh, what is his name, Mariota, Mariota, something like that, uh, he got hurt, and so, you know, they're, they he's going to be out for a minute, uh, so they got Matt Castle backing him up, and then they were like, we need somebody for this scheme, so they run the option a lot, they need a mobile quarterback, someone who's quick on his feet, um, you know, someone who can run the ball, so they said, fuck it. Let's call Colin, I mean Brandon Whedon. So this man hasn't played football for a couple of, for a few years. And uh just horrible completions completion percentage. Uh this this man has not been staying in shape. Uh this man has just been probably chilling on the couch, just doing his thing, and not working out five days a week like Colin Kaepernick. Uh, Colin Kaepernick is a mobile quarterback, great in a system that the Tennessee Titans would use, a great scheme. Uh, but no, they went with uh, Brandon Whedon. So this is the NFL getting back to fucking business. That's all it is. Y'all got one Sunday of us kneeling. Now we back to business. That's all. I mean, there's really nothing else to say. So my boycott will continue until Cap gets a job. And I do got a lot of free time now since I don't watch the NFL and I turned off all my alerts and deleted all my Colts apps and shit like that. So I got a lot more time on my hand. But 
the NFL out here selling hope like damn dope. This portion of Do Rags and Boat Shoes has been brought to you by the letter L, as in, hey yo my guy, my hands are full, give me a hand here, can you hold this L? Alright, so moving on to holding this L, we got a double L and uh, nominees tonight, uh, or I should say uh, award winners. Uh, first one is has to be your man 21 Savage. Um, is, is my man slow? Um, that, that's the question that I really want to pose out there because he always has that blank look on his face like he don't know what's going on. But I heard an interview with him when he was talking about how uh, Hove, how Jay-Z was saying, you know, about the whole money phone to your ear thing. And he, he had some common sense there. But there's sometimes where you just kind of look at him and you just like, this brother ain't got all the marbles there. Like he looks like a grown crack baby. And remember, I talked about grown crack babies about shit, maybe about 40 episodes ago, maybe even 50 episodes ago when I was back in the 40s. And I talked about this is what we see in this wave of just this weirdo shit. A lot of these kids are, you know, uh, them crack babies from the late 80s and uh, mid to mid 90s. That's what we're seeing here, you know, functioning crack babies. And honestly, uh, he looks like one. And, you know, we have to give him this L uh, for his uh, slut walk participation. Now, we all now before the slut walk was hijacked by Amber Rose, it was just bringing attention to the double standards between uh, men and women in today's society. And, you know, um, bringing out, you know, a, a positive feeling and a how should i say this and forcing a conversation about uh uh women uh victimhood you know who's been victims of uh sexual abuse rape and uh things of that sort so it forced it kind of brought it to national attention then amber rose jumped in there and she just hijacked the whole damn movement now women are out here just wearing costumes and just being goofy and shit of that sort. And it's really not bringing out a conversation that we actually need to have about sexual abuse and the mistreatment of women. With Amber Rose, it's one of those things she's doing this to keep the lights on and to stay relevant. And remember what that brother uh, Kanye West said in No More Parties in L.A. He said, uh, you know, Amber told his boy, no matter what, she ain't going back to Philly. And she ain't. She doing everything in her power. And uh, 21 Savage, what is that? How old is this brother? Let me see here. I think this brother is in his uh, early 20s or something like that. Let's see here. And Amber Rose is she up there. Uh, give me just a moment here. I hate having dead air. Yeah, he was born in 92. Uh, so he's about to be uh, 25 later on this month. And then uh, you got Amber Rose out here. She is, yeah, she's my age. She's 33. So I don't know what a 33-year-old woman has in common with a 24-year-old man because, you know, we mature, men mature a lot slower than women, right? So right now, 21 is, uh, Savage is 24. And I bet you mentally he's probably like 19, tell you the truth. You know what I'm saying? So he's out here holding up signs, you know, Mr. Captain Save a Ho and uh, I'm a Ho too. And some of these pictures, these pictures, he, he out here looking like. I say, man, I won't go home, man. Fuck that, man. I say, man, I won't go home, man. 
I won't go home, man. Fuck that. I won't go home. <laughs> like your man was in there just looking worried, boy. But yeah, uh, in situations like that, I know Amber Rose attached her name to 21's brand because he's, you know, was popping in the streets and things like that. He got his own little wave going and uh, she's doing her thing, too. But this is how she stays relevant by, you know, bouncing around to different rappers and things of that sort. You had Kanye West. Wiz Khalifa um, What's the other guy Machine Gun Kelly And then she was back Messing with Wiz For a little bit And then she was Messing with the dude From Dancing with the Stars And then that didn't work out And then now she's with 21 So this is just Something that You know She's doing to keep The lights on And I'm not mad at the hustle You know I can't hate on a hustler But just her Hijacking that Slut walk movement Is just something that uh, is looking funny in the light and then my man was out here with the double cups of activists aka lean uh just looking a fool and uh like 21 bro like you gotta hold this l like some ogs need to just pull you to the side and just kind of talk to you um you know some big brother shit some big homie shit you know and kind of talk some sense into you because it just seems like you just out here you know just kind of wilding and she got you like you know like a goddamn puppet you know what i'm saying like she's manipulating your puppet strings and things like that and just got you out here looking like a fool like i saw the instagram video you know she was talking shit and then she then he came in talking shit and then she was like tell him this and you know all this other shit and it's just like okay i see the type of relationship y'all got going on right here you know you want somebody to be your mama that you can you know dig up in every once in a blue moon so 21 you gotta hold this l brother and then you know else who gotta hold this fucking l this is the craziest fucking story i hope y'all been following this about the uh, representative tim murphy the republican from pennsylvania this motherfucker has been pro-life you know up and down left and right inside and out you know he received an endorsement from life pack which is an anti-abortion uh type campaign um uh, not company but organization and he received an award from the family research council and he's also a member of the house pro-life caucus and you're like well adrian what's wrong with uh, a pro-life republican there's nothing wrong with it until you not, you almost knock up your side piece and you tell her to get an abortion man what type of shit is that this is crazy this reminds me of remember back in the early 2000s maybe late 90s early 2000s when they were catching these uh so-called right-wing christians uh who was working up on capitol hill uh toe tapping in the in the in the toilet stalls and you know being caught in dc and other uh airports sucking dick you know in the bathrooms and shit like that and most of them had you know little boyfriends on the side and shit like that but they up here voting against you know like gay rights and uh gay marriage and shit like that and somebody says i'm the amazing you know on twitter back in the day back when obama passed that legislation uh you know for what her supreme court did for uh for uh, homosexuals to get married uh somebody said now that all these uh down low republicans they're gonna have to end up marrying their boyfriends they can't you know say that lie anymore that they can't get married it's not legal so they gotta keep creeping and shit like that funniest shit ever right but this motherfucker tim murphy uh knocked up his side piece well almost knocked up his side piece and she put him on blast like i think via facebook or something like that um 
or I don't think it was Facebook. I think it was through text messages. I'm sorry. The Pittsburgh Post Gazette, you know, uh, had the uh, the text message response and shit like that. And um, she he he posted something on his official Facebook page about anti-abortion. And she uh, his side piece hit him in the text message like you have and you have zero issue posting your pro-life stance all over the place when you had no issue just asking me asking me to abort our unborn child just last week when we thought that was one of the options. And you know what's crazy? Uh, this like today he said that he's going to step down, you know, after his term is over. Um, but this man he had he asked his lady to have an abortion and then what was it just a few weeks later or um a few months later he co-sponsored a new bill to ban abortion after 20 weeks that is some wild wild shit this is why this two-party system don't work this is why uh, a lot of times with government it's uh do as i say not as i do and the power this is another incident where it just proves that the power has always been with the people right these folks ain't even living by the the bills that they're introducing that turns into laws you know they're not even living by it which is crazy as shit right and it's just another thing you know the government and white supremacy works pretty much hand in hand right you seeing what happened in las vegas and um you know this situation here is always you know you have to participate in it it's always do as i say but not as i do you know that's how both of those systems and them systems go hand in hand our current government system and white supremacy racism white supremacy it goes hand in hand it's always do as i say not as i do right so you see when somebody wrongs um a white person or wrongs the united states what do we do we instantly go to war with that person or we capture them torture them kill them somehow some way but when a non-white person is you know subjugated or killed or something something evil happens to that person it's always oh just forgive just forgive just just forgive you know jesus will want you what would jesus do like Jesus wasn't in the temple over there turning over tables and chasing out them folks with sticks when they was selling all that shit in the temple. But we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that Jesus that was running folks up out the temple with a stick and turning over tables. Don't nobody talk about that one. It's always the submissive Jesus, you know. But, um, you know, it's just a situation where you have to look at just, you know, the great thing about Trump being president is just showing you know what we're dealing with head on there's no more dog whistles there's no more deflections uh people try to use the uh chicago deflection uh what about black on black crime deflection and things of that source and then when we had president obama what racism what are you talking about what white supremacy the president is black so now we're in a situation where we're going to have to deal with this evil head on you know this ain't gonna be a situation where people can just vote their way out of white supremacy you have to combat it head on and what makes it so difficult now 
is that you have these these damn non-whites and there's coons of all colors all rainbow shades right you see puerto rico got they got their uh their uh brown wake-up call right you know how black folks get their nigga wake-up call when they think they can you know hodgepodge with white folks and things like that and then they're reminded that they're black puerto ricans you know got their wake-up call too not saying all of them are out there like that but uh, there's a lot of them that think they can pass for white and it's not happening y'all got your wake-up call right so that's what makes it dif difficult to attack a system like this because there's always little trinkets and you know small dollar amounts uh that'll go to non-whites that are complicit or you know that will oblige to the system and say that there isn't a system in place that works like you look at them two coons diamond and silk right they were being out here skinning and grinning showing all 32 teeth you know they they smiling so hard about trump that you know you can't even see their eyes you know their cheeks is you know touching their eyebrows they smiling so hard cheesing so hard these people only got uh what i get a week from my first plantation would they get like thirteen hundred dollars i'm just like that's what you got doing all this selling your soul you got from the trump administration i don't even think it was that i think it was less than what i make in a week it was like twelve hundred dollars or something like that it might have been a thousand dollars and this is what these women sold their soul for to be and they're still on twitter talking greasy it's like you already got the check cut what more do you want but sometimes being in favor with evil and getting a pat on the head you know i guess it helps them sleep easy at night and i know i went off on a little bit of a tangent about this uh tim murphy thing but you know it just it's all a system it all goes hand in hand it all comes back to racism white supremacy and the the social color hierarchy like i said you know from lightest to darkest and black folks be catching hell and then these other groups you know who are who, who are shade lighter think that they can get some uh some little trinkets or butter biscuits whatever you want to call them by shitting on black folks like uh there's an indian coon who does that a lot i forgot his name but uh i forgot i forgot this man's name it's on the tip of my tongue but there's a there's an indian guy who uh loves to just shit on black folks and he's considers himself a uh right winger and all this other shit and he just shits on black folks and uh the black lives matter movement and shit like that thinking that he gonna get some kind of butter biscuit or a proverbial trinket or whatever you know so it's always a situation where a lot of these people since we have a white supremacist in the white house um you know we, we're gonna have to deal with it head on and a lot of these people are getting their wake-up calls and they're just shocked like just go look at how many of these colored folks are out here there's articles tens of articles out there about oh i voted for trump but i didn't think this was going to happen y'all gotta hold this l too so i guess we got triple winners right so we got 21 we got the tim murphy cat uh the representative out of uh, pennsylvania and then you know we got we got the coons of all colors and they they do come in all colors i want y'all to do a youtube search um for latinos for trump and uh one of the heads of it was on uh either faux news or the clinton news network and he was talking about how his own people his hispanic men will come up here and ruin uh america that is sad very sad but all of y'all gotta hold this l you win perfect 
All right, so moving on to Not All Heroes Wear Capes. These goes out to the two young men who are who chose to fight the good fight and got kicked off of their football team. Uh, this is a shout out <clears throat> to Larry McCullough and his younger cousin C.J. Ingram Lewis. All right, they were playing for some Christian football team. Uh, this team is a Christian-based program that uh, basically. Uh, it's a football team for kids who are homeschooled or go to a private school that doesn't have a football team. And so it's ran by a pastor who was a veteran. And, uh, you know, they chose to one chose to kneel. Uh, McCullough chose to kneel and CJ chose to raise his fist during the national anthem when it was played. And the coach made them take off their pads and uniform right there on the field in front of everybody and kicked them off the team. And we have a reoccurring theme here. Um, you know, I have he and the coach Mitchum, who kicked them off the team, said, I have nothing against those young men. I love them. And he said that, uh, you know, he didn't have an issue with protesting, but it has to be done the right way. But to disrespect the flag that gives us the right to protest is the wrong way to do it. Though many may disagree with me, uh, this is what I believe as an American, I have the right. I pray these young men across America can come to understand there is a right and wrong way to do things. So let's break this thing down. So we have this uh, reoccurring phrase, uh, you need to protest the right way. And I uh, touched on this last week. Um, what is the right way to protest, white folks? Help me out. To the white bigots out there of America, what is the right way to protest? Because when we out here shouting in the middle of the street, disrupting um, the uh, commerce of a city, that's the wrong way to do it. When we're sh shutting down a highway, that's the wrong way to do it. Um, when we're sitting on the bench during the national anthem, that's the wrong way to do it. When we're kneeling during the national anthem, that's the wrong way to do it. Uh, when we wear t-shirts that say, I can't breathe. That's the wrong way to do it. Uh, when you speak about injustice face to face to those in power, that's the wrong way to do it. That's that, that's bringing up the race card. Uh, I don't understand how you're playing the race card when we live in a goddamn race casino. I just don't understand that that acknowledgement. Right. And like I said before, the right time to protest, you know, to, uh, you know, to uh express your frustrations with this system in this country is to do it you know late at night in a parking garage that's about to be demolished that's the only right time to do it don't bring it up to other folks you know we keep seeing this reoccurring theme of that's not the right way to protest a silent protest doesn't work um a uh protest on the city streets doesn't work uh, it's just a way of silencing black pain and the frustrations that we feel about the injustices in America towards us. It's just a, it's just a tool to silence you. It's just like when they bring up black on black crime. They don't they don't really care about it. They don't click. They don't give two fucks about it. You know, they don't actually care about black on black crime. It is just let me bring this up to deflect you know, and wag my finger at you so you don't look at the real issue here. So don't ever get caught up in that rhetoric when somebody brings that up, because if they bring it up, 
then you just have to talk about how crime is intraracial intraracial you know asians kill asians latinos kill latinos or latinx kills latinx i'm sorry and uh white folks kill white folks you know pretty similar to the rate that black folks kill black folks you know uh i think black folks are at like 90 percent 91 percent and white folks are at like 84 85 percent it's very close right it's just you just kill who you live by so it's always a deflection just this whole well you need to protest the right way then you ask them well, what is the right way to protest when do i do it and why do i have to have your permission to protest why do you feel like you're the authority to say when and when i cannot protest and what's the correct way to do it what suggestions do you have and why do i have to take suggestions from you help me out mr bigot mrs bigot help me understand why are you in a position of power to say that this is the wrong time to protest just kind of just ask them that next time somebody tells just says that to you just ask them you know you have a co-worker or even a quote-unquote friend who says it's the wrong time to protest just ask them when is the right time and how do you feel like you're an authority to speak on somebody's pain and when they can protest and when they cannot protest that's the system working very effectively if you ask me so anyway shout out to these two young men shout out to mccullough shout out to cj um, keep fighting a good fight not all heroes wear capes a lot of them have a lot of heart more heart than these grown-ass coons out here all right so moving on to health over wealth you know what i say without your health you cannot enjoy your wealth and this is a very fitting quote from the goddess herself oprah winfrey and it says if you look at what you have in life you'll always have more if you look at what you don't have in life you'll never have enough in this age of instagram snapchat facebook twitter tumblr um whatever else social media app that is popping you're only seeing people's highlight reels and a lot of times you get to comparing your life to theirs i want you guys to stop look around realize what you have cherish it because you never know if it's going to all be taken away from you and you know what it will absolutely cheer you up to realize how far you've come and how much that you actually have in your life uh, with these recent events in las vegas i just really want my listeners to just reflect on what they actually have and uh tell their loved ones tell y'all loved ones that y'all love them and uh just hug them a little bit longer you know because you never know what's going to happen when you go out and face the world and just continue to fight the good fight that's all i got for you this week it's nothing but love and respect to you guys and we're creeping up on episode 100 we almost there y'all so nothing but love and respect again i will see y'all next week one